Hello. Hello. Welcome. So hi, welcome. hi, Carrie. So welcome everyone to another episode of Playdate. And I am so, so excited because today I'm here with uh, a friend and a colleague named Carrie Miller, and she is the CEO and founder of The Voice Within, which is an innovative team-building company that works with corporations using tools of improv and mindfulness to be more productive and efficient and generate cultures rooted in trust. So Carrie, welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Me too. I'm excited you're here. So I'm curious just about, you know, how did you end up creating this company? I mean, I know it's probably been a long winding journey, but how I specifically, what is the, how have, let's see, I don't want to word this. How have you used the energy of play and curiosity to come to creating this company? Yeah, um, well, that's pretty much play and curiosity have pretty much driven my entire life path. So it wasn't like it just started with the creation of this company. I think it's been a continual um, thread and it's like a a red thread that I just keep following into the unknown. (laughs) And um, in that, um, process this this idea evolved um, I guess basically the the concise short version is um, my previous career uh, I've been a teacher in multiple disciplines um, but most recently as a Waldorf educator and um, while I was teaching children I really loved what I was doing and I loved the philosophies in which I was teaching which are pretty foundational to the business I've created Um, But I just wanted to work with more diverse populations, with adults, um, across different channels. Um, And so basically through a long, through a number of events, um, I came up with the idea of starting my own business. Um, Everyone in my family are entrepreneurs. And I had a couple of different ideas of, you know, maybe what avenues I wanted to take. And basically I just started playing with them and seeing what worked. Um, I just offered a lot of free things to people um, with the various ideas and iterations that I had. And as I, you know, practiced and tried out each different idea, I just listened to myself to see which stuck. And I, I asked other people what they thought and I received feedback and um, I just, I just didn't let it go. You know, I just kept playing with it and trying new things until um this idea evolved and it really was an evolution out of many different things. Um, And then I offered some free workshops and I had some really huge first clients for those um, first free workshops and they were very successful. So um, yeah, I just have been still going with it, (laughs) still evolving it. That's amazing. Uh, I'm curious to know what has you keep going? I know that for a lot of us, those that are listening and, you know, even for myself, it's such an interesting thing when you're really creating something that is yours, that you're birthing into the world and it can be so easy to get off track or get caught up. So what keeps you moving forward? What keeps you going? Yeah. Um, it's a really good question. Um, the first thing that came to my mind was, um, when I was a little girl, like a little, little girl, Um, I used to have this image and I would just go to it in my mind 
um, if I was stressed out or upset, or sometimes I would just sit with this image. Um, and it was always this image of this old woman um, sitting on a, in a rocking chair in a, in a house somewhere up in the mountains. And just everything was silent. She was just completely immersed in nature. And she was just so peaceful and just rocking there just so peacefully. And as a child and, and a young adult, I just always would go to that image and it would just calm me so much. And as I've gotten older, I think that that image has matured. Um, and I always felt, I also always felt that that woman was me at the same time as I was watching that woman. And um, it's like that image has sort of grown into all of who I am. Um, and I, I meditate every day um, for 20 minutes. And I have just learned to really, really consciously with a lot of practice and work, just access this very deep, peaceful place within myself. And even though that place is simultaneous, it's simultaneously silent and simultaneously full of everything that I can imagine. And so I found that as long as I continue to consciously cultivate that space within myself, um, it doesn't mean I don't have challenges or obstacles, but I'm able to just move through them. And I don't know, continually come to a place of knowing within myself, which is why I named my company The Voice Within, because it's really what I am saying um, and communicating with folks is that every single human being has that voice within themselves. Every single human being has that space of um, total peace and quiet and um, everything at the same time. And, and that's, for me, in my life, been the continual place of energy, of calm, of, of everything. Um, and so the tools that we give and that the skills that we help cultivate um, strive to uh, give people the potential for that experience as well, uh, both in their work lives and their personal lives. That's amazing. I, I love that. Um, so I'm curious, you know, do you, have you had mentors or teachers that have helped you to cultivate your meditation practice or be able to even just sit with your own self. I mean, know, at least for me in my journey, that's been <clears throat> one of the biggest challenges is like having the courage to go inside, even though it was something that I wanted more than anything, it was really scary and uncomfortable. So have you had support or mentorship in that process? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I would be nowhere, <laughs> nowhere without my teachers. Um yeah, I mean, I'd say that probably one of the biggest first mentors for me was my mom um, and my dad, too. My mom and dad are both very different. My mom is very uh, gregarious, outgoing, loud, friendly. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and my dad is very um, internal, quiet, a scholar, an intellectual, um, likes to sit with things and really think through them. Um, and so the balance of those two human beings just raising me helped create that space within myself. My mom really, all the women in my family are very intuitive and psychic and 
just aligned with those kinds of things. So I had that kind of mentorship from my mom growing up and just being raised in that and just thinking that's totally normal, you know? Mm. Um, And then my dad, I remember when I was like 12 or 13, um, he gave me uh, the Zen book, The Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. Mm. And um, he taught me how to meditate. And um, we would just go out and we would take these like quiet, silent walks together in the country where I lived. And um, I don't know, just being with him gave that presence to me and gave me, you know, the permission essentially to explore that in the world. Um, So they were my first real powerful teachers. But then along my journey, I've just been so blessed to study with um, lots of different people in terms of meditation. I've studied with, um, studied with a shaman. I've studied with wonderful Buddhist teachers. Um, I study with a guru. I mean, in terms of my business, I've had incredible business mentors. I'm working with um, one woman right now that's just fantastic. Um, I've just been very blessed to have people that really know what they're doing um, enter my life. And I've been really open to it too. So I think Mm. that's enabled that, you know. I love that. And I'm just curious, is that, I know that you said that you um, have recently in your work with in education, worked in the Waldorf school system. Um, Is that kind of their model? I don't know that that much about Waldorf, but is it more like mentorship based versus like, um, teacher that like tells you what to do when you do what the teacher says to do kind of thing yeah um Waldorf's really fascinating so there, there's there's a couple layers to to that question in response to the training um there is a very intensive training to be a Waldorf teacher um for me that was a three-year training so that alone you know gave me so much it just steeped me in the philosophies and pedagogy of of the education um but then the way that walter schools are structured is really fascinating um they're teacher run schools so where most schools have um principals or you know superintendents um the walter schools are run by a group by the group of teachers um so it's a collective decision making um which has been really incredible to be a part of over my career, um, to just really consistently each wait week, um, we, we meet typically in Walter schools, you meet once a week, um, for these meetings to collectively decide on all the various issues. Um, and so it's really structured as a, you know, a group decision-making group, um, even mentoring program. So that's really neat because it really truly is, um, you know, collective decision-making and then, with mentoring, typically in Walder schools, um, if you're a newer teacher or, you know, haven't been in, in a career teacher, you know, for a very, very long time, you'll get paired with um, a mentor teacher who will just be there to guide you through the year and answer any questions you have. So it's a really robust and supportive model, I've found. Mm, that's so interesting. Um, so I'm wondering, you know, as now, like, you're also creating your own business do you see yourself uh possibly structuring it in a way that's similar to that like I know you know I find business is so fascinating to me especially how business is structured and I feel like it makes a real impact on how human beings experience life right like 
where we work and the structure within me that we work in and how, you know, how is the management set up, all of that. So I'm just right. curious with your own connection to your deep inner voice, like as you're creating your company, do you have a desire to maybe even create outside the box a business structure? Yeah, that's, it's a really great question. Um, I do. And I, I'm really, truly not sure what that would look like. Um, I, I think that, you know, like, so for example, even within the Waldorf model, um, it doesn't exclude roles and titles so that things appropriately move, you know? So I think that like, it's important to still have um, some sort of hierarchy essentially to delineate just the work and, you know, help make decisions. Um, but within that there, there is this collective group decision-making and um, yeah, I mean, I absolutely think, I, I don't know for myself yet, like how that would look in terms of the structure. I, I, I think that that'll be something that will develop as time goes on. Um, but I think that the most successful organizations of any kind um, are ones that continually draw upon the opinions and um, ideas and beliefs of their employees. So it's almost like what's the first, the chicken or the egg? The structure absolutely supports that, you know, and supports that um, process. And I think you can still have a somewhat like clear hierarchy of decisions. But if those leaders are choosing to constantly gauge input and use that input to make critical decisions, then that inherently changes the structuring and formation of the ideas, you know? Mm, that's so interesting. I, I cannot remember the name of this gentleman, but he's from um, Brazil. And I don't know if you've heard of him. He basically inherited his dad's company. And it was like a company that made some kind of products that get put in cars. And so it was a big like manufacturing company. And when he inherited it, he basically decided that he wanted to like completely change how the business was structured in terms of having the employees make more decisions, even having them um, rate themselves and rate one another and also choose their own work schedules. Because I guess there was issues with like people traveling from suburbs outside of the capital where the company was and they would get stuck in traffic and then they'd be you know driving and commuting for four hours of their day so they could change it and come in really early and then get to leave early and spend more time with their family and anyways I'll have to try to I'll, I'll think of his name and I'll send it to you but I guess he's hired by a lot of now does consulting with a lot of interesting companies in helping them kind of create more of an environment like that, like you're talking about, which is really exciting to me. That's cool. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. He so also cool. created a preschool in Japan. I think his wife is Japanese and it was a preschool that was basically founded on these similar ideas. Um, so anyway, sidetrack, but <laughs> no, that's really cool. I think, yeah. you know, I think yeah. that um, just taking the time to ask people what they want um, is a really revolutionary concept. I think at where we are in humanity right now, it's not a concept that maybe is implemented as much as it could be. It's maybe seen to be time prohibitive and 
you know, too, too intensive and I'll get so many answers back. I won't know what to do with it. But um, I think that, you know, much like the man that you're describing there, you know, it sounds like he created a system based upon what his employees were asking him for, you know, like, these are my problems. Okay, here's a solution, you know, you, we want to create solutions based upon the problems, but we have to really know what the problems are first. And um, I think that taking that time just to ask about what they are, (laughs) um, saves so much in the long run, you know? Mm, Yeah, absolutely. And it's kind of, I mean, this is like how I structure, for example, doing this podcast. Like, as you know, before someone comes on, I send a list of questions and I actually um, learn these questions from a couple that also does kind of similar work where they work within corporations. And of course, I don't know their names. So I'm going to add them in the description of the podcast. I'll find the name of the gentleman from Brazil and I'll also find their name so that it's in the description for people that are interested. But Um, I love those four questions, you know, before like embarking on any project or collaborating with anyone, just like taking the time to, you know, ask like, what is your intention? What are your concerns? What are your boundaries? And like, what are your greatest wishes or dreams, you know, for this particular project or just in your life? And it's so exciting for me. Like, I I love um, getting people's answers back and really getting present to like what's important to you. And it really helps to inform me how to structure the interview and all kinds of exciting things. So, yeah, it's such a fun. I love collaborating. I think it's just like a really fun. Well, it's a playful energy. It's an energy of, you know, it takes the energy of play has to be present, right, to collaborate and curiosity. So I'm curious to know within the team building um, uh, what experiences that you lead, um, I know you say you include improv and mindfulness. Like, why did you choose those two things? Yeah, um, those. So I um, <laughs> I had a really kind of crazy experience when I decided to create The Voice Within. Um, this, I'll, I'll try to keep this sweet and to the point. It's a circumnavigation. It comes back to your question. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um Basically, uh, I just when I really committed to okay, I'm gonna leave my full time job um, and I'm going to start this business because for me, I needed to leave my full time job because I was deciding also to move across the country at the time and um, move closer to family. There was a number of reasons that influenced that, but in any case. I knew that I couldn't, you know, wallow in the shores of inspiration forever or else I would just only be there and I would drown. (laughs) And so I gave myself a deadline and I said, "Um, all right, Carrie, if you are going to do this, you've got, um, I think I gave myself like a month or a month and a half to come up with a, a solid idea. Like that's a, that's a legit amount of time. I've already been playing with this idea. If I don't have this idea in a month and a half, um, then I will just continue, you know, I'll I'll get a teaching job again and I'll keep working at it. You know, it seems fair. So um, I I set the deadline and I put it out to the universe. I said, all right, universe, if you want to help me with inspiration here, this is the timeline (laughs) to do it in. Mm. And um, basically, long story short, I played, I played, you know, I tried all these different things and nothing was quite hitting. And I was getting so frustrated. And then finally, 
Um, and I kept, you know, I kept trying. I wasn't giving up. I still was trying. Um, but then finally, the last day of my challenge arrived. And I was just beside myself because I really knew in my heart I hadn't come up with a solid idea yet. I had a lot of different murky ideas, but nothing solid, you know. And um, so I was really bummed. I was really just feeling depressed. I was really feeling like, gosh, Carrie, you've made some dumb decisions in your life. What a horrible thing that you've done now. <laughs> like, you were, you're a failure at this already, and you haven't even started. <laughs> um, and so I was just moping around, and my mom said, look, why don't we go out for a bike ride? Um, you need to get your mind off of this. Like, you just need to relax a little bit. And I was just like, I don't want to do that. Blah, blah, blah. And she was like, come on, come on. Like, let's just go out. Please come out with me. We haven't biked together in years because I've been on the other side of the country. And um, I was like, all right, all right, fine. So I went out with her and I was just really in a dark place when we started and miserable. And then it was summertime. And um, as we were biking, the sun started to hit my eyes and started to listen to the birds we were out in nature and it was just really beautiful and I couldn't really fight the beauty and I just began to just you know kind of calm down and say all right yeah this isn't ideal but you know I just keep moving forward and it's such a beautiful day like it's so beautiful what a beautiful day it is and I haven't seen really I haven't been with my mother in years and how lovely it is that we're getting to ride bikes again together like when I was a child and we started kind of, I just started perking up and then, uh, my mom started singing. And when I was a child, uh, we would always sing together. That was just like one of our things. And, um, she, she loved the old sixties hits like Simon and Garfunkel and Bob Dylan. And I grew up singing those with her. And so she started to sing one and I kind of was like, and then we started biking faster. And then I kind of, spirits lifted a little bit my spirits lifted a little bit and we started singing next thing you knew we were just singing these old songs together and then one of the things I got into when I was out in the west coast was uh, beatboxing and so I started beatboxing to the songs and she started cracking up anyways <laughs> we we're just cracking up you know and I just I have this big boisterous laugh when I when I really get laughing <laughs> and <laughs> I just started really laughing and my mom stops and you know, she just turns to me and she points to me while we're biking and she goes, there, that's what your business is about. And I said, what? I'm just playing. And then it literally, I'm not being like uh, overly dramatic here. It literally felt like a lightning bolt came down out of the sky and hit my head. <laughs> <laughs> and I had this, I go, oh my God, that's it. And I looked back at all my life and I looked back at how everything I've done, no matter what it is no matter how you know silly or crazy it is no matter how like very academic it is no matter how serious it is um no matter how uh career driven it is whatever it is all the things that I've done that I've truly loved have all had this energy behind them of play and joy and excitement and um I just thought she's right that that is what my business is about. And then very quickly, you know, I, my, 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 a very like rational, logical mind that likes to dissect things as well as this kind of crazy imaginative mind, my rational, logical mind kicked in and said, okay, so how do you break down play? What is play? Like if you're going to make it a tangible thing to teach people, you know, um, if you're creating a lesson plan, how do you teach play? 
And then I just instantly thought, because um, I grew up in the theater and I, you know, I'd been at that point meditating for uh, quite a while. And I thought, okay, play is like, what's the internal and external of play? Play is um, being mindful, being present, being aware, being in the moment. Absolutely. And I thought that's mindfulness. Mm. And then I thought, and so what is it? in the group setting, how would you teach it in the group setting? And then I thought improv, um, because of, and I can get into this a little later, but just for the sake of the story, I won't go into all of it now because of the basic tenets of how improv is structured as a, as a game and as a activity. Um, it's like communication 101 and, and play 101. It's, it's improv is play for adults. You're called the player, you know, theater, the, uh, people on the stage are called the players. And um, I just thought, oh, this is it. This is it, you know? And then it just, um, the corporate piece grew from there out of friends and um, conversations that I had with them about their needs in in corporations. Um, But yeah, so to to kind of circle to that question, um, the practices are improv and mindfulness and really improv is essentially, how do I communicate with myself? What are the thoughts running through this vessel of mine, this brain of mine? Um, How do I identify with them or not identify with them? And how does that um, bring who I am into the world? Um, And then improv is how do I communicate with others? And how do I listen to others? Um, And how do we as a group um, create uh, communicate and move together. Mm. Well, that's such a juicy story. Thank you so much for sharing that. <laughs> and it, it really does encapsulate what sometimes that messy process of creating something can be like, right? Like, you know, there's so many programs out there that are like coaching programs where it's like the four step process to discovering your, <laughs> your uh, whatever. <laughs> And it really never looks like that. But I love that you shared about creating a deadline. That's so brilliant and so juicy, especially I really want to speak to any listeners out there who are like energetic creators. I would call it one of my mentors calls energetic creators like people like that's sort of how I create where it's like it has to feel good and there's a creative element. And then there's also this like kind of mysterious co-creative element that's in play. Um, so it's like, how do you harness all that energy? Like, we'll create a deadline, you know, set an intention, yeah. make a decision. Like, by this date, <laughs> this is happening. And then trust and surrender and, you know, follow, you know, like you said yes to your mom's bike ride, even though you were feeling really, ugh. It was like, well, but something about it felt right, even though there was a party that was like, no. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we have to get out of our own ways, you know, mm-hmm. like it's I can't tell you how many times in my life, just most of my life, I've been like, this is what I'm doing. And then the universe is like, actually, we're going to try this path. <laughs> you know. And it's funny because, you know, I really think that life wants you to be happy life wants you to be joyful life wants you to be have energy and um be productive and whatever that is for you that's your you know bliss and and your calling um but I think it's like half the time we just get in our own ways because we think we know how that has to happen and 
I love how you use the word surrender because I think that that's so much of what um, a well-lived life really like embodies, you know, is um, just the like kind of humble belief that we really don't know it all. You know, we really don't. And um, I don't know, maybe for some people, that's where a higher power comes in, um, you know, and, and that can look in so many different ways. Um, or, or maybe it's the higher power is like the concept of creativity or the concept of curiosity or um, the concept of just getting out of your own way, you know? <laughs> mm. Yeah, I love that. I, I mean, it is so true. It is like for me as well it's always about getting out of the way and really letting go of control needing Mm -hmm. to know how it's going to happen or the exact way it's going to happen and that can be so scary but I love how you know the mindfulness piece that you incorporate into your business like I would call it embodiment I mean we all have different words but it's like when you're really connected into yourself you can ride that discomfort you know like I don't Mm -hmm. know if you experience this that that like I know for me, I wake up every day and I feel total anxiety and I'm afraid. (laughs) Like, it's just how I wake up every single day. And for years I would be like, okay, now I need to fix that. I need to like do some practice that's going to eliminate this, like, you know, what I'm feeling, which is really uncomfortable. And over the last few years, I've really just been deepening my ability to actually be like curious about that. You're like, ooh, mm. this is juicy. Like, what's this about? You know, like instead of like, oh, no, <laughs> like I need to get a healing or fix that. Or it's like, oh, um, I love one of my favorite. I don't know if you listen to Kyle Cease at all or if you've watched any of his videos. Um, oh, he's so interesting. So he he's a, a comedian. What? Well, previously was a professional comedian, and then essentially, like at one point in his comedy career, was like. I don't want to do this anymore. He just like one night after doing a set was like, I do not want to do this anymore. And he went to a hotel and literally booked a room for like four days and closed himself in the room and just meditated for like four days. I mean, maybe not the whole time, but he basically was like, I'm not leaving this room until I like resolve whatever is not like I, he could feel there was something that was next for him, but he couldn't put a finger on it. And he had been a comedian his whole life. So, I mean, he had also done, like, a lot of personal growth and things like that. So it wasn't, like, out of nowhere. <laughs> you know, he had been working on himself. And then he created um, this show called I Hope I Screw This Up. And <laughs> it was basically, like, he's, like, I want – he had this awareness where he's, like, I want to, like, talk about personal growth. I love personal growth. And I love meditating. And I wanted to have comedy because I love that, too. And I want there to be music because I love that, too. And so he just started, like, doing this, like, tour and where – he didn't even plan what he was going to do. He just had a set for two hours and people, he would sell out the whole thing and people would come and it would just be this like a live space. And anyways, he did a year long project where he meditated for three hours a day. And then he would make a video after he meditated, just sharing his insights. And he's a real interesting guy. You'd like his videos a lot. Oh, um, cool. Yeah. A lot about this where it's like, just because you're feeling uncomfortable, he says like, it's okay. He's like, he, he sees that as like good news. He's like, that's great news. That means something inside of you is coming up to be released. And yeah, it will be uncomfortable. You might have tears, you might cry, but that means that it's leaving you and there's more room for the real you. You know what I mean? Like every time Mm. something leaves you. So I've, yeah, I've like really just started embracing that whole, like, um, I do this meditation 
with my fear and um where I like meet my fear so I like I see it as like a person and I invite it to like come closer and I like see like what is it wearing I like really get curious I'm like what are you about what's going on for you and like we sit down and we have like a little meeting and it's so interesting because like the moment I can really accept that it's there it doesn't have a hold on me you know Mm. it's like it's Mm -hmm. not dictating me anymore I mean it's of course a practice and I'm not like by any means like I don't think anyone ever masters that but you know I'm getting better at it just because like I thankfully worked with a mentor who was like you don't actually have to fix your fear (laughs) you know you know you don't that's not Mm -hmm. gonna work (laughs) like Mm -hmm. you'll never fix your fears and your inner critics and like all of that stuff like what you need to do is like get comfortable with being uncomfortable and learn how to be masterful inside of that discomfort and Mm. curious be curious Mm -hmm. inside of that discomfort so yeah you know what I mean and I feel like improv is such a great way to explore that I mean I Mm. wonder like Mm -hmm. I know when I first started doing improv the thought of it was like absolutely terrifying to me so do you oh find that totally 100 like, yeah. it still is to me <laughs> oh yeah to me it is too <laughs> yeah it's like always like ah like no <laughs> yeah um so what do you find people explore what have you explored through your own practice of doing improv about yourself or about your fears and all of that yeah um you know a lot of things in line with what you were saying about um, just becoming comfortable with fear, you know, becoming comfortable with being really uncomfortable. Um, I think any way that you can, any, any way that one can practice that is, is really healthy, especially in this day and age where, you know, like the internet was created in 1990. We're only in, you know, 2018, moving into 2019. Like, that revolutionized the entire way all of humanity does everything. And, you know, we're not that far into it. Um, So everything's just, everything's changing in our world at uh, record paces that it never has before. Everything is changing, you know, global warming, um, women empowerment, um, youth voices rising, I mean, there's, there's so much around the globe right now that is changing at such a fast pace. So I think that any practice that embodies, um, being comfortable with fear is healthy for every single human being on this planet because of just the time that we're living in and, and, and what's happening on our planet. Um, so yeah, improv does it in a really fun way. And, um, I think that for me, like personally, um, I don't know. I've just learned it's been really healthy because you do it in a group, you know? So I've done a lot of like meditative practices on my own and and worked with teachers like one-on-one and and worked with groups and different things like that. Um, But improv, suddenly it's like you're standing up on the stage naked is how it feels and everyone else (laughs) around you is also naked but you're all up there together and you're like, Oh God, what's happening? (laughs) So pardon me. (laughs) It's frog in my throat. Um, Yeah. I think just learning to trust has been a huge thing for me with improv. Um, 
learning to trust myself that I'm not going to be like a complete idiot and just (laughs) make a fool of myself. And then also learning to trust that when I do do that, it's actually okay. (laughs) Like the world didn't end Mm. when I did did that because you do that, you know. Um, And then learning to trust that like I can be present with other people um, and just just that, just that. Like, I don't have to think of the next sentence. I don't have to think ahead. I don't have to, um, do anything, but just simply be present with these people. Um, and then from that, from our collective presence, something really weird and cool and fun will arise or something not cool and fun will arise. Mm. And then that's it. Like, that's what it is. <laughs> I love that. I mean, what yeah. do you do? And so this is something I'm curious about. I know. So I really love to have you also share a bit about your women's improv group. I yeah. Think that's so cool. And so I, I've definitely taken some improv classes and they all have different vibes and different intentions, you know, like in the New York City area. There's definitely places where it's like everyone's intention is to get on Saturday Night Live or, you know, become a writer on some (laughs) sitcom TV show, which is cool. I mean, that's fair enough. Um, It's not my intention at all. Like, that's not why I love doing improv. Um, So what had you create this group, this women's improv group? Yeah, um, I I belonged to an improv group here in the area. Um, I'm out in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And, um, I, you know, left just with time constraints and various things, um, just, yeah, challenges with, with making the timing of all of that work out. Um, and I wanted to start up again. Um, but I really felt like I wanted to be in a diverse group of people. Um, and I wanted to have more women around me. And um, I wanted to really cultivate a space um, that has room for some of these other practices too, like um, mindfulness brought to it, um, and really a space primarily for women. Um, so I, yeah, I was just kind of like tossing around these ideas of what to do. And it was actually my my current uh, business mentor who said, Carrie, just start your own group. Like mm. you're you're not going to be happy until you're leading it the way you want it to be done. <laughs> you know? I love Which that. 100% true. It's, you know, that's been like my, a lot of my learning in the last few years is just like, okay, I'm really not going to be happy unless I do this myself. And then I'll get like a team around me, mm-hmm. you know, so that it's cool. There's a group and everything, but like, I just have to start this. <laughs> you know? Yes. So, I love it. <laughs> so yeah, I was like, you're right. You were totally right. I'm going to do this. Um, And I wanted it to just be women because, um, you know, with the Me Too movement and all of the conscious awareness that's just been brought to women's roles in society these days, um, to me, there's so many sacred elements of being a woman. And and one of them is this real sacred um, creativity and that deep, deep, deep well of creative uh, resource that we have. that I felt, and I, you know, a lot of women that I know have expressed this feeling too, just like, I don't know, sometime around when I turned 12, 13, uh, suddenly I was like thrust into this world of being like a sex object. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like suddenly girls had to be super nice. And, you know, I remember one of the things that really upset me was I always played soccer. 
and um on the playground uh you know this big group of kids would always play soccer and um they used to call me bigfoot because i would kick i had such a strong kick you know i'd blast the ball down the field (laughs) and i remember one day uh some of the girls that used to play with me every day stopped playing they would just sit on the sidelines and i got really upset and i came over and i said why aren't you playing soccer because they were good they were good athletes and they said we don't play anymore we watch the boys and i (laughs) i came home in tears that day i did not understand and my mom was like oh god probably you know looking back now she's probably like how do i handle this one you know right um but, you know, it was something in a way that sh- it was beyond her control because it was just the way our society is set up, you know. Oh, um, God. Oh, I literally had a similar experience. Not exact, but I wanted to be on the cheerleading team. I was also on the tennis team. And my mom was basically like a flat out no. She was like, nope. She's like, I think girls and women we like want to be on the court playing and why would we be on the sidelines cheering and I was so mad at my mom but now I'm so grateful I mean there were things about the cheerleading that like are some of my aspects like I love cheering people on but I'm really glad that she didn't let me do that because you know I did end up going on to play you know competitive varsity tennis in college and I got a scholarship and it really developed me as a leader you know and like yeah not the case I think for a lot of women at least in my generation I'm sure it's changing but slowly (laughs) yeah yeah I think you know in so many different manifestations there's a real cultural trend towards for women when they become teenagers around that age to really hang back Mm -hmm. you know don't be too smart don't be too nice don't be too athletic don't be too aggressive don't be too intense Mm. um don't be too funny don't be too weird you know there's just so many restrictions and um I sort of felt like I fought against that my whole life and and made sure that I connected myself to communities that embraced um creativity and things like that um but it was it was a real struggle and it's it didn't exclude all the 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 horrible things that can happen, you know, um, around kind of our, our, in our own psychic development and psychic, I mean like the development of our psyches. Um, so yeah, just, I don't know, coming back to your question, um, I felt and feel that, um, you know, the women's improv group is not any, uh, diss to men. It's not a, Hey men, you know, screw you. You can't be a part of that. No, no, no. That's not the energy. It's um, a real kind of like womb-like space for women um, to come and really deeply experience their creativity. And, um, you know, we just simply do that by doing improv together. And um, I'll lead a meditation at the end. And, um, you know, it's not like there's nothing uh, outwardly, I don't know, spiritual or anything like that about it, but the, the experience itself is spiritual, I think, to just engage yourself in being in the present moment, to engage yourself in seeing whatever comes out of your mouth, you know, mm. um, from your heart that wants to come out that day, um, whatever it looks like, whether it's, you know, improv is everything. So you can be, you can be all the things that maybe you couldn't be 
you know, in your life. You can be mean, you can be big, you can be small, you can be hard, you can be soft, you can be tough, you can be whatever you want to be in an improv scene. There's no rules to that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that, you know, that practice is really powerful um, for women. And um, I'm going to keep it as women for some time. You know, it's a new group, so it's still finding its legs. It's finding its members. It's finding um, who it is and who it wants to be. And maybe with time, that will um, involve men as well. You know, it, everything's alive and growing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, for now, I think this is an important, important thing to have. I, I mean, I love it. And I so agree because my experience in doing improv coeding prof classes is often the scenes if there's men and women do end up with some kind of sexual you know like something happening um maybe not all the time but it, it can like tend to go there and it uh, like you said there's so much creativity and so much wildness inside of us it's like what else is there besides that storyline <laughs> which is like great right. and it can be really juicy and it is part of if you are a uh, heterosexual like woman or man that is part of your experience but it's not all of it um and I love like I mean for me like I have so many like part of my mission for myself has just been like letting myself explore all my sides and I have some real weirdness inside of me and some super silliness and like just like so much like zaniness and also loud and like I can be you know just like all different ways that sometimes um maybe uncomfortable for some men also to be around yeah and that's okay like I I mean that's their work to do and it's not a judgment I mean I know I have my own discomforts with like men too you know where it's like I might be afraid to be around an angry man and like I'm doing that work on myself but I I love that you've created a space for women just to be like explore like what else am I about besides maybe being sexy or being nice or whatever totally that's cool yeah that's like the when I made the flyer for it and just like some of the advertising for it it's really cool because you hit on that the the phrase that I've used as like the sort of branding phrase for it is um explore a different side of yourself (gasps) oh my god I can't (laughs) wait to come I'm so so excited to come and I don't know if you know um Shane Coleman I interviewed her on my podcast about a month and a half ago but she used to do um improv workshops they were co-ed but she's done a lot of mindfulness and personal growth work and so she incorporated that into the class and they were so juicy um we would do this one exercise called the feelings exercise it was like a four corners and in one corner would be um I want you so if you were standing in that corner you had to connect to the energy of like I want you and then another corner was I need you and then another corner was um I love you. And then the last corner was, I hate you. <laughs> it was like mm. such a fun and juicy exercise. It was so, and so you would switch, like we'd all rotate around and get to experience all those energies. Um, it was very fascinating because obviously we all had corners or, you know, energies that we were really uncomfortable in. Like, that mm. we, like, mm-hmm. like for me, I need you was like, I was like, I don't even, I can't that's so I can't even relate to that like <laughs> would you like would you have to when you got into the corner would you have to act out like a scene or something in those energies or how um, did you the way that she did it was we would just you would just keep saying the statement I need you mm-hmm. and then you could add in your own act like you know like oh, it wasn't really doing a scene it was huh. more like an exercise 
yeah like she's oh, I that's really connect cool with her because she's super cool she actually um studied at open door um improv school I don't know if you've heard of them but mm-hmm. they're very I think they incorporate mindfulness and it's a it's a very different kind of thing than maybe to like the pit or other you know which are also really cool just different vibes um yeah that's cool yeah yeah I like that moving into that energy that makes you really uncomfortable yeah it was fat and we would then afterwards like discuss you know like you know Mm -hmm. here's what came up for me and um oh one yeah one girl she like the I the corner I hate you I think it was yeah I hate you she was so scared to go like she was just like afraid of mm. her own anger and so like mm-hmm. she was coaching her to really connect to that and um and I was opposite to her in the corner I love you and so she had me keep saying I love you to her while she was doing the I hate you just as like an experiment mm. to be like what would it be like if you knew that you could be loved even though you're angry it mm-hmm. was like really moving and just like wow <laughs> yeah that's powerful yeah and that the reflection part I think is another piece that you just brought up that's like really important too and something that I haven't always experienced in improv groups like in improv groups I've experienced like um a reflection upon the performance you know and 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 improving the this the improv skills um but not necessarily like a personal experience you know um and that that's I think that's a powerful piece and and I think that that's something in general this is a generalization but in general that women tend to bring to the table more is like it's just an open space to reflect upon their personal experiences with things um and I I think it's where a lot of um growth can occur so yeah it's something that um I also try to integrate into just the workshops that I do every workshop has a reflection period. Um, and, and then the, the improv group as well, you know, just how does that, how do you feel now? Like how, how did you feel when you came into the room? How do you feel leaving it? Like how did that exercise make you feel? Um, you know, just a touch in, just a touchstone, not a, you know, deep dive every time, but just to notice and reflect. And I think, like reflecting within oneself is really powerful, but then also reflecting with a group is really powerful because it can give validation to feelings that we might otherwise feel shame about, you know, like, like what you were saying with the, I hate and I love, like mm. making that a, a public thing, quote unquote public, you know, but a whatever in a group is really powerful for eradicating shame and, you know, feelings of self-hatred, I think. Absolutely. I, I love that you do that. It's so juicy. <laughs> I mean, there's nowhere better to like see what your patterns are and what you're afraid of than doing improv. Like, <laughs> you know, it's just like, it's right all, it's all right there. It's all just like right there. You're like, oh, yeah. But um, get ready. Yeah. <laughs> it's and, coming out. <laughs> and I love, like, I think, I mean, for me, like, one of one thing that really excites me is, you know, TV and movies that are more authentic to the human experience and like really reflecting Mm. you know what it like I mean most people we grow up watching tv or movies and that's how we learn about you know what it is to be human in some ways hopefully not a lot of it and then I know there's some people that don't grow up with tv at all I mean I had minimal tv we didn't have cable and there were a lot of movies that I didn't get to go to see so there's places where I just didn't get that and I'm glad I didn't but no matter what we can't escape how the media projects um who we are mm-hmm. onto us 
mm-hmm. and it's so exciting to see like more like I know that show this is us for example like it's very melodramatic but it is kind of cool to see a show where there's like a lot of feeling you know even it's like oh mm. people have feelings mm-hmm. you know <laughs> like, I've been yeah I I totally agree with you on that I've been really impressed with um honestly this is gonna sound silly but I've been very impressed with some of the um Netflix like teen movies mm. because <laughs> I've been watching these movies um on Netflix and they're you know like whatever your classic teen video you know of kids struggling in high school um, but they're showing, they're making their protagonists, um, you know, so many different types of people. I can't even remember all the different characters that they've portrayed, but, you know, they've had diversity in race and sexual orientation, um, in uh, gender, in uh, socioeconomic uh, groupings and you know I didn't grow up with any of that I grew up with like Saved by the Bell you know oh. <laughs> um, the Wonder Years just kind of cookie cutter family portrayals and I am really excited just to see what I, I, I'm also this is a this is a double-edged sword I'm also still disgusted by what media portrays but I'm yeah. at the same time excited to see changes in like protagonists and yeah, like what you were saying, like a, a depth of emotion that um, is expressed because that's exciting. Gives people, you know, like a permission slip to be more authentic themselves too. It's true. I think no matter what, I mean, we can do our work, but what we see is possible is what makes things possible, right? It's like the Me Too movement. It's like one woman spoke up and then it was like it made it possible for other women to speak up. And, right. you know, even like I just went to see my friend Jess Grippo, who you would also love. I want to introduce you to her too and connect you with her. She does some cool stuff with dance and performing and, and all that kind of in personal growth. Um, but she did a like a comedy slash dance show and just witnessing her gave me permission and like had me download um, part of a performance art piece that I'm creating. And it like, it really did give me permission because she was just being like so all of herself and so loud and so big and so gross and so cute and so sexy. She was like really being all of it. And I was like, mm. wow, okay, that's possible. Okay. Mm. <laughs> like, that's and awesome. So, yeah. Like, I just, I, I love, um, the I do a workshop where at the end I have everyone do some kind of either it can be an acting thing and it could be a character or they could present something they can dance they can move whatever they want to do it's totally their decision and I meet with them before like for a few minutes to kind of like suss it out but the idea is I invite them to do something that's an edge for them so that they get the experience of being witnessed on their edge by like a loving compassionate audience and like mm. just sharing about it, it moves me so much. Like just the act of witness, being a witness to something, it's mm. so transformational. Like it is, it's so it like literally births new possibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I did a lot of group personal growth work, and that was always my favorite part. Like witnessing someone have a breakthrough, like getting coached, you know, in front of the group and having a hundred people watch them. Mm-hmm. It was like you could feel like the cells in your body, like transforming just by watching you know where you're mm-hmm. like whoa <laughs> and to and to be that person yeah being witnessed is is so powerful especially too. by like a loving audience you know yeah. like where it's like this isn't about critique or art or like making something mm-hmm. great this is about me 
exploring a side of myself and like being on my edge and like having you all like hold space for that and it's, mm-hmm. it's just like oh, I love that yeah yeah <laughs> live for that like I'm just like oh. yeah <laughs> so um so I want I know we've been going and I'm talking a lot and this is your interview so what is what do you want to leave people with like um what do you feel inspired to share with people or leave people with about really being connected to their own inner voice and trusting themselves and um, following what feels true for them? Yeah, I guess if there's one sort of tidbit of wisdom that I could leave, it's just that you can do it. You 100% can do it. Every single human being has the capacity to listen to themselves and and build trust with themselves um I have had so many awful things happen in my life that made me think I could never um start my own business or I could never um you know really live my life through just listening to myself and trusting myself, or I could never uh, move across the country, you know, so many things that um, if I were to just listen to the voices in my head, I never would have lived half my life. I mean, I went and I lived in Spain for a while. I lived in Ecuador working with Colombian refugees for a while. Um, And every single one of those decisions came from a place of just stopping and listening to myself. And the thing is, is you never really, it's not like some mountain that you land upon and then you're like, I'm good. I can live my life in trust and <laughs> mutual reciprocity <laughs> and everything makes sense to me now. You know, it, it doesn't, that's not the journey. That's not, that's not a real destination. Um, but really, you know, just, taking a little bit of time to connect to yourself and in any way it doesn't have to be meditation it doesn't have to be um mindfulness in terms of like you know sitting down and breathing it can be through dance it can be through writing it can be through um doing your favorite activity and then just bringing a little bit of attention to where am I at in this experience? How do I feel? The, those tiny, tiny things. Bring attention to food. That's a whole nother topic and journey that I could talk about for hours. And I'm sure we could have so many conversations about. But, you know, just bringing some mindfulness to or sense of trying to know who you are and where you are when you're doing something. Um, is just like it's like a gateway drug to a really wonderful place. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it starts to bring your attention to that place, and that's if you just keep following it. Like it's anyone can do it, and don't give up. Those are my two things I would love to leave your audience mm-hmm. with, um, because so yeah, it just it just keeps unraveling and getting more and more and more magical if you just persevere. And, you know, have some sort of belief or even if you're terrified, just do it. <laughs> just start listening <laughs> to yourself because um, there are so many wonderful things inside of every single human being, no matter, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, you have wonderful gifts inside of yourself and the world needs them. 
What a beautiful message to leave people with. You are truly incredible, Carrie. You so inspire me for sure. I mean, we don't know each other super, super well, but we met at a really amazing camp for adults called Camp Grounded. And <laughs> when I met you, I just remember like being like, who is this magical creature? Like you're just so <laughs> in yourself. And you did all these performances at the camp. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, that's possible. Like that's possible like and I feel like who you are is like you don't do it just for you to like get the applause you also do it because you genuinely want people to see that it's possible for them too and I that's what I love about you and I, I love Aww. the work that you're doing and what you're creating and just like who you how you show up in the world is really beautiful oh thank you that's so sweet Allison yeah um I still have one of a little gift you gave me I don't know if you remember giving oh. it to me but you, um, I gave you some um, like vitamins that like or like herbs or something because yeah. um, you weren't feeling well or something. We were in the same cabin. And then I came back and you had written me the sweetest little note on a um, like not toothpick. I can't I'm blanking on the name <laughs> of what it is. Oh, like a popsicle stick? A popsicle stick. Yeah, like a thick (laughs) popsicle stick. You would like attach two little like pom-poms to it. You glued them to the end. And then on one side, I still have it. This is why I know what it says. On one side, you said, thank you for sharing your like magical earth herbs with me. And then on the other side, you said, um, like, thank you for your fairy magic or something like that. I just thought it was the sweetest thing in the world and just so special. It was such a special gift mm. to come back to, like this little magical gift on my bed. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you for, um, yeah, you're just like ability to witness people and, um, you know, bring your own gifts of really holding space for others and for yourself into the world. You're so welcome. I can't wait to see what's next. I'm definitely coming down to a improv class in the new year for sure, for sure. And I already have like three people, three friends that I've asked that are like, yes, I want to do that. <laughs> so awesome. Cool. We'll have like a little caravan trip down. Yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll send out the dates. And I don't know if your listeners are what geographical region they're from, but, um, the classes are located right near uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. So I can put some, I can send you some of the dates to put up on, on the, on the podcast if you want, if people would be interested. Yeah, we can definitely send me the dates and I'll include it in the description. And then when we share on Facebook, we can also add that in the little Facebook share so people can see that right away. Great. And exciting oh my gosh Carrie have a beautiful day and thanks everyone if you listen this far you are amazing and let us know what did you take away from this what juicy scary action are you gonna take or how are you gonna um, put yourself in a place that feels uncomfortable in a safe way <laughs> so you can grow and discover more of your magic and yeah. we'll see you all soon thanks everybody all right bye bye Allison